Bookstore and The Secret Garden. Welcome to Simple Life Radio. I'm your host, Cynthia Fernandez. This show is focused on the simple things in life, things that we might take for granted in our very full and busy lives. Well, we've got a really sweet treat for you today on the show, so I hope that you will uh, get somewhere cozy, get your favorite hot beverage, and uh, just take a break for a while. We've got the time of year right now, fall is all about harvest there's a lot of energy going towards celebrations of all sorts and thanksgiving and christmas are just around the corner so we thought it'd be really great to uh, share some stories about food and family and celebrations and we've got some recipes for you too our guest today you've heard from before Welcome back, Michael Calabrese. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you in the studio. You know, Michael Calabrese and I met because of my hair. (laughs) (laughs) I got his name from another of his clients because they had great hair, and I wanted some too. (laughs) He owns and operates Salon Park Avenue in Monterey, and the phone number there, if you really want to know, is 831-375-1366. And this is not a paid advertisement, but I do recommend him highly. Thank you. You are more than a great hairstylist in Monterey, and you have extensive family dating back many generations in Italy. Mm -hmm. And I just love that you practice what, what Paul, my husband, calls whole body cooking. Do you know what that means? Throw my whole body into it. You know, actually, Paul says that that's when all of the senses are engaged. Taste, smell, touch, right? Yeah. So um, we went over to your place not that long ago and started out with a glass of wine. It all starts with a glass (laughs) of wine. (laughs) And... You know, you're famous for having your dinner guests get involved in making dinner. Everybody helps. Which is unbelievably more fun. It is. And it, I mean, I learned so much. It was my job to write down the measurements because like Nana taught you, it's a pinch of this and a handful of that. Exactly. There's no (laughs) cups or spoons but we had such a great time and a great dinner um the photo that i used on facebook to announce this show today was an actual photo from that evening in fact a couple of photos on facebook um, facebook page for simple life radio if you don't have that hooked in already but michael what do you really love about cooking for other people well they all get involved and we all do it together and um and they get to learn some tricks and recipes and and to see them enjoy the meal that we've all made together everybody chips in and uh it's nice to see the happiness on their face at the end of the meal and sipping the last part of the wine and sitting back in the chair (laughs) because i remember when we were kids that's 
everybody relaxed around the table. They put the bowl of fruit down. They'd have their fruit. And in those days, people smoked. And, yes. And they smoked at the table. All the women would get up, do the dishes, and all the men would sit there and smoke at the table and drink your wine and fruit and cheese. Well, and chat. You know, the the other thing that's part of everybody pitching in is you have lots of conversation. It's not so formal where... You mind your P's and Q's and you wait to answer till when you're spoken to. You know, it's just very connected yeah. on all the levels. And some people say, I've actually read that scientifically, digestion begins when you start looking at and working with and seeing food. Because when you start salivating and looking at <laughs> and imagining in 20 minutes, I'm going to be getting to eat that. <laughs> So uh, another question for you, Michael, is what do you consider the most important part of preparing for a celebration? Because I know you have large gatherings. Um, to make sure there's enough food. Uh-huh. God forbid we should be caught without enough food. Yeah. But that never happens. We always have well, enough food. Well, not at your house. No, we always have enough food. <laughs> so you've gardened probably most all of your life. Mm-hmm. And I know that you cook out of your garden whenever that's possible. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that adds a different uh, quality of flavor? Oh, absolutely. If you could get fresh herbs from your garden to the parsley. My mother loves my parsley because it's so green and, and juicy. has a lot of fragrance to it. And it just adds a whole lot of body to your breadcrumbs or whatever else you're putting it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're so, going to get to breadcrumbs. And the fresh the fresh herbs are incredible. They have so much more potency in them, you know? Well, and that's a really key point. If you're pulling your fresh herbs out of your garden, they were just harvested. Um, I don't know if people, you know, have thought about it much because we are lucky enough to have amazing options for grocery stores in this area, uh-huh. anywhere in California, really, but especially in Monterey County. And when you go to the grocery store, they're all moistened and cleaned and cut for you, but you don't know how long they've been cut. Right, or soaking in water or in the fridge. That's so true. So true. We needed parsley, and I just went out the back door. <laughs> we went past the horse stalls, right? Yeah, and got that fresh parsley. That was fun. And uh, I know for a lot of people, a big part of celebration is making sure you get out the good dishes, and you have the linen tablecloth, uh, the gold silverware, right? And well, we use silver. Linen napkins, mm. Yeah. Um, but instead it, of the sleeve. Yeah, instead of the sleeve. <laughs> but at your house, the focus was really on sharing the food. And I just I just want you to know, I really appreciated that. Well, thank you. I enjoyed having you both there. We want to come back. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Bring a friend. One of the things we made that night in preparation for our show today, actually, was brachol. So help us out with what it is, how to make it. And if we can use any kind of substitutes or flexibility with the recipe. It's brochol is an Italian meat roll. And it's usually done with flank steak. You could use other meats. uh, uh, Sirloin, have the butcher slice it thinner uh, and tenderize it a lot. The flank steak, I have them send it through like two or three times. When it's almost fallen apart... It's ready. It's just okay. It's perfect yeah. because you want it to be really tender, uh, and then you lay it out and mix the breadcrumbs with your garlic, parsley, 
Parmesan cheese or Romano, whatever kind of cheese you really like to put in your breadcrumbs. Or whatever you have, right? Exactly. And then um, there's salami in it, hard-boiled egg. Mm. There's raisins. There's slivered almonds. Uh, I put some Italian sausage pieces here and there. You just kind of whatever you have. Yeah. But the hard-boiled eggs, the raisins, the salami, and the breadcrumbs, everything kind of melds and comes together. So you start out with a big piece of meat. It can be flank steak or skirt steak or whatever. Mm-hmm. Can it be a different kind of meat? You mean like a chicken? Pork? Uh, no, not, not. I've never heard of that. Okay. We've always used beef. Okay, great. And then you pound it really porous. Layer all these other ingredients on top and roll it. Right? Roll it up like a roast and then tie it with a string. Yeah. And then you sear it in a hot frying pan with some olive oil in it just to brown it. Then you put it in another dish to go in the oven and you put a spaghetti sauce or a tomato sauce on there so it cooks in the tomato sauce. <gasps> wow. So then that sauce is gonna have a whole lot of meat flavor in That's it. That's right. Because it's all baking in there for an hour, probably at least. Okay, uncovered? Yeah. Okay. And that spaghetti sauce or tomato sauce is definitely homemade. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> tomato sauce that I can. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now that night at your house, you threw together some tomato sauce <laughs> on the stove, and um, you had some, you know, kind of automatic responses to fill the ingredients in. But you added, what is the name of that squash you added? That that. Uh, Trompetta? Oh, the cucuzzi trompetta. That's it. Yeah. That uh, tastes like artichoke. zucchini. Yeah. yeah. So you can add garden vegetables, right? I mean, if you have zucchini oh, or crookneck squash yeah. or what about squashes like uh, the kombucha squash or butternut squash? Can you add little pieces of squash? You can if you want. Um, but normally it's just a plain plainer sauce to go on the brochol. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's just usually a little, or a meat sauce. If you've already made a meat sauce, yeah. you're gonna have spaghetti or raviolis for holidays. So you've made your sauce for that. Uh, and you usually use that, whatever you've got on the stove to fill the pan to bake. Right, okay. All right, and then it bakes for the hour and now it's coming out of the oven and it's hot and it smells amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you let it cool before slicing it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about getting everything rounded up at the same time and on the table. That's right. That's and right. And that's really the key, a strong point in, in cooking for people is getting the meal, everything hot and ready on the table at the same time. Well, I think that night was a little different because we had veal cutlets that you made for appetizer. <laughs> and I guess our guests should know you've been amazingly successful on Atkins diet. So it was heavy on meat. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> yeah, it was. But um, We did cheat a little bit. Oh, though. yes, we did. Yes, we did. We did that pear tort, which we're going to get to in a little bit now. All right, so that's the birch hole. And you mentioned ravioli. Do you want to take us through ravioli? Because that really is connected to celebration. It is. And that's usually what we have for holidays, uh, Christmas Day or New Year's Day, and sometimes even Easter. Uh, but it takes preparation. When we were kids, my, gra my grandmother would make them, 
and we couldn't go into the spare bedroom because there was a clean white sheet on the bed, and they would put them on the bed to dry. The raviolis, once yeah, they're all Yeah, and they would make out. them the, that morning. Oh. So now, because of we have bigger freezers and this and that, we make them ahead of time and just freeze them in Ziploc baggies. Yeah. But uh, it's just you make your filling the night before and let that all meld. It's spinach and hamburger and sausage and sweet potato. And we have the recipe here. Yes, yes, we do. I think we have copies. And if you need a copy, you could go to the bookstore and pick one up. That would be the Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore in Secret Garden in downtown Carmel. We're on Dolores between 5th and 6th. And if you need to give us a call, our number is 831-624-4955. And we do have a few recipes from the kitchen of Michael Calabrese, our guest today. So the filling can be whatever you have or want it to be? No, it's a specific filling. There's spinach is the greens. They used to use uh, Swiss chard, too, as well. Uh, Instead of maybe spinach. Yeah, it's kind of whatever you had. There you go. Again, you know, these, these are all recipes that are from long ago that was what people grew in the yard or had uh, around. So the Swiss chard is nice because it's a little sweeter than the spinach. Right. You just have to grind it a little bit more. Yes, because it's a little more fibrous. So you have a green and you have a meat. Uh Uh-huh. And you have... a sweet potato, believe it or not. My grandmother always put a sweet potato in the filling. To get the kids to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't even know it was in there. Okay. I looked at the recipe, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so you cooked with your grandmother then? Uh-huh. She used to babysit me when I was little, and uh, my mom went back to work after, and uh, so I would help her in the kitchen. And then my, I'd go help my grandfather, and he'd go down the wharf, get some fish, bring it back, and he would go in the cellar. He had a sink set up, and he'd clean the fish, and Nana would make it for lunch or dinner, and... It was delicious. And that was part All of fresh, family fresh, fresh, fresh. family connections, family uh-huh. love. Uh-huh. You know, food really is. I think if you go back in history and look at food in terms of sharing it in a gathering, it was it was an ex- exhibit of trust. Cuz remember, you know, like the people would poison each other? Yeah. You eat it. <laughs> no, you eat so it. So if you shared food together, that meant you trusted each other. Uh-huh. And I think that that's something we've since forgotten, but that is a simple little truth that really is present if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, the first thing people come over, are you hungry? You want something to eat? Yeah. First, a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everything goes better with wine. Right, Michael? Sure does. So I was going to ask you what what kinds of things you remembered about your grandmother. Did she actually teach you to cook, or you just did what you You were asked? I was little, and I was helping her, and she would give me things to do. Peel the garlic, uh, chop this, stir that, um, just to keep me busy. But I was always paying attention. I remember she made bread every Monday, and... uh, I would be asleep, and I'd get up, and the bread was already rising for oh, the second time. Yeah, Oven's on, ready to go. And it just, the whole house smells like fresh, break, baked yeah. bread. There's nothing like that Nothing smell. like it. And so as all of us grandkids, there was f- uh, 14 or 15 of us, and so Mondays was the day. So we would all just show up. And it was amazing. She always had enough food for everybody. <laughs> but she would take a fresh loaf of bread, slice it long ways, 
open it up, drizzle some olive oil, black pepper, and Parmesan cheese on the hot bread right out of the oven. Both sides. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. We came from far and wide, showed up. We, we'd eat half of the week's bread right there that day. Is that right? It was delicious. Memories. You know, if you're listening to this show, um, by the way, we do have the ability to put up the archives as podcast. So you can listen to it again. You can share it with friends. But the thing I really want to say is that hopefully this is an inspiration and maybe just a reminder of how memories are made during the holidays. It uh-huh. doesn't have to be about buying gifts. It doesn't have to be about impressing people or feeling defensive that you don't have be, do, whatever people want you to. Really, if, if dinner's at your house, think about maybe including people in the preparation of the, of the food. I mean, I know at, at my house, I actually consciously choose to not go pick the green onions from the garden because I know that I can ask Bella to go do that. She knows where to find them. She knows what it's for, and she has that connection and sense of contribution to the overall event. Everybody participates. Yeah. So make room for other people to participate <laughs> is one of the tricks to the the end result. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's sometimes overlooked in our very convenient, very busy world. I think the gift thing got really out of hand, and um, it's nice sharing a meal with people, looking at their faces, well, oh, this tastes really good, or, you know, it's just satisfying. And Definitely. there's something about eating something really tasty that's and filling you, fulfilling your hunger, and it's satisfying. Yes, yes. And if kids prepare the food, they more often eat the food. Mm-hmm. It's like if kids garden... They eat vegetables, right? So we've got the brichol, and we've talked about the raviolis. Mm -hmm. What about a salad? Normally, we would uh, just do a kind of a simple green salad, red onions, tomatoes, uh, croutons, but and uh, olive oil and a red wine vinegar, salt and pepper. Uh, But that would be our dressing, and there's something about a wine vinegar salad that kind of cleanses the palate in between it's good for digestion too mm-hmm. vinegar is very good for everything now paul and i were thinking about you this morning michael because you shared with us a little while ago a kale salad recipe mm-hmm. that is so good it's it's one of our favorites and i made the kale salad and served a fried egg on top for breakfast. But my friend Susie does that too. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, um, before I share the kale salad recipe that you've given us, is that something that you could do with this with this dinner? Is have kale salad instead of oh, a sure. green salad? Oh sure, oh sure. You know, and everything is interchangeable, and it's kind of that's a refreshing uh, dressing as well because of the lemons in it um, and Dijon mustard. Um, so let's go through the recipe. What We've got chopped kale. Chopped kale and chopped Brussels sprouts. Uh, picorino cheese, one cup of picorino cheese. Toss that all through and let it kind of set there. And then you saute your uh, slivered almonds and put those aside. And then the dressing is a shallot, garlic, uh, two tablespoons of Dijon mustard, half a cup of olive oil, and a half a cup of lemon 
but I kind of usually add a little more lemon juice because I like the flavor <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah, it's so good for you. Yeah, and so then, and that you want to set, and that'll melt. Keep stirring it every once in a while. And the nice thing about this salad is it lasts for a few days. It's a hearty green, so it doesn't wilt like lettuce does. And it's kind of nice if you're working and come home late. If you have a piece of fish, meat, or chicken left over, it's, it's a quick meal. It is. Warm it up and throw it on top of that salad and or for breakfast, throw or a fried, fried egg. egg. <laughs> it really is one of those salads, and I think one of very few salads that you can eat a number of days later dressed. Mm-hmm. And the flavor improves. It sort of blends or integrates even more so as yeah. time goes by. Yeah. Um, but even if you get the recipe wrong, and as I'm listening to you say the recipe, I'm realizing I got it wrong, <laughs> it's still good. <laughs> you don't have to have pecorino cheese. You can use whatever dry cheese you have, right? Yeah, but the pecorino has a certain flavor, which gives it almost like a Caesar salad bite to it. Oh. Uh, and it's a, a sheep cheese, so it's a lactose intolerant cheese. Good for people who are lactose intolerant. Yeah. And again, if you want that recipe, you just send us an email. You can email me at simplelife at pilgrimsway.com, and I'll be happy to send that to you. Um, but we'd prefer to say hello in person, so drop on by the bookstore in Carmel. So we've got the salad and the main dish, and we've got raviolis. Now, do you serve all those together? Everything goes on the table at all the same at time. once because everybody sits down together. Oh, uh, yeah. And passes the dishes around and and then enjoying conversation. Well, sometimes, usually when it's the first part of the meal, everybody, nobody's saying anything. They're just going after the raviolis. <laughs> but conversation does happen and things sort it of settle It does happen. And, and then uh, it just is a nice get-together, conversation-wise. Everybody's together and enjoying a very good meal. Well, we're going to take a short break here, but when we come back, it'll be time for dessert. Mm. That pear tort was amazing. So please stay with us. Our guest today, Michael Calabrese, who is a fabulous cook, a wonderful gardener, and the best hairstylist in Monterey, Salon Park Avenue. And we'll be talking about more food, more fun, and preparing for celebration after the break. Stay with us for Simple Life. And we're back in studio. You are listening to Simple Life Radio. I'm your host, Cynthia Fernandez, and our guest today, Michael Calabrese, is with us, making our mouths water, talking about food. So, um, Michael, what I wanted to ask you, too, before we get into the actual recipe for the fabulous pear tort that you prepared, um, a lot of the recipes that you're sharing with us are family recipes. Yes. And I'm just wondering if it somehow, I don't know, connects you to your own childhood or maybe connects you to loved ones that may have passed away at this point? Yeah, because there are things I I'll always say, oh, my nana told me how to do this or my mom showed me how to do that. And, yeah. Um, 
yeah, it always because I always think back when I'm cooking of okay, Nana did this, so how did she do this? How much of this and that? And it wasn't a cup; it was a hand or a pinch or a handful. All by eye, feel, touch, smell, uh, taste. Smell. Yeah. yeah, taste is fun too. Yes, yes. We used to get in trouble because we used to walk by the spaghetti <laughs> sauce and dip the bread in it. Oh man. <laughs> well, and and uh, I guess your hands full is different than Nana's handful. So you have to make accounts for that and figure it out how much is one handful of her hand and <laughs> and she did a lot like even the breading we uh she breaded fish, chicken stuff and I'd see her sit at the table and just peel the garlic and very calmly and sit down and and visiting with people at the at the same time. So that's probably where I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it it is take time and it's kind of nice and People like to be involved. You didn't want to just sit there and... No, actually, it's very awkward for me to just sit and have someone do all the work. Either I'm in the other room or I'm, you know, maybe in the kitchen watching them, but I'm not doing anything. And when you do it, you learn it. That's totally true. That's totally true. And I, I love food, too. And uh, I love to learn different ways of doing things. So that was super fun. So now... Pear tort. <sighs> Take us through it. How do we start? First with a glass of wine. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the pear tort I learned from a friend of mine, and she won blue ribbons at the county fair with that. And it's all in the cuisine art. Uh, it's a simple sugar cookie dough. And, um, and then the filling is with sour cream, um, brown sugar, vanilla, and egg yolk. And that's in the cuisine art, too. So you first put the flour, the sifted flour, and all that, and the butter, lots of butter. Couple of sticks. Couple of sticks. Yeah. And uh, put that in the cuisine art. And, and then once it all mixes up, you could see it in the cuisine art all bunch up and it's ready to go. You just press it into a springform pan and bake that for 15 minutes at 350. And, and then. So that's just the crust? Yeah. Yep. That's just the beginning of the crust because okay. then you're going to line it with your sliced pears. And I used homegrown pears, but you can also use canned pears, which are very good too. And uh, make it real pretty and fan them all the way around. And in the meantime, you've. Mix it up, the egg yolks, the brown sugar, vanilla, and uh, sour cream, a cup of sour cream. That is delicious. And you pour that over the pears. So that's like the filling. Yeah, it's yeah. like a it turns into a custard. custard? And then wow. you top with slivered almonds and then bake it. And I usually bake it. It could be 45 minutes to an hour. It just depends on how your oven's feeling that day. <laughs> Well, I think we, we got into such a conversation that in our case, we let it go a little longer, but it was so, I don't know, it's like candy almost. It was caramelized. Yeah. Like. It was delicious. Now, once the pear tort comes out, you take it out of the springform pan, mm -hmm. and uh, do you wait a little while to cut it? Yeah, because then it'll kind of harden up a little bit, the the custardy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could still be warm, which is really good warm too <laughs> and you don't need a lot that's one of the things with this recipe like if you have the smallest little sliver it is so satisfying it's very satisfying 
Does it freeze well? I've never. It doesn't live that long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what about using fruits other than pears? I just tried doing it with some canned peaches, and that was really good. I want to try a fresh peach and nectarine. Because I think that they're bigger and you could get the nice slice all the way around, you know. For the pretty all sort out. of mandala yeah. shape on top. And then um, I think they would cook really well with that. So I do want to try that one as well. So I think you could probably use almost any fruit that can cook like that, you know, for an hour. Yeah. Yeah, maybe even apple. I have apples on the trees. I, I do want to try that as well. Yeah. I have some nice. Fuji's and uh, Golden Delicious that need to come off. And getting back to having everything on the table at the same time, is this one of the things you usually do first so it's ready? So you don't have to do it during dinner or, or wait that long after dinner? Right. You have it done before. Before. And because uh, we like to sit down and everybody sit down. Nobody has to get up and everybody's enjoying their meal. Because every, everybody participates. So People are tired. They want to sit down and enjoy the meal. Yeah. So uh, rather than getting up and starting all the, over yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now the salad plates. Oh, now the. No, it's all on the table. It's family style. It's yeah, all about yeah, family. Yeah. All about family. Wow. This is yummy. But you know, when we were at break, you were telling me a whole bunch of other food that you start <laughs> with before your meal. <laughs> those are the appetizers. Yeah, let's hear about those appetizers. <laughs> well, we've got prawns and there's octopus and calamari salad, uh, sam salted salmon, and it just has a little olive oil and oregano crumbled over it and pepper. Put it on crackers or slices of fresh bread. Uh, olives. Uh, my mom makes a gabunada. It's uh, eggplant, olives, capers, tomatoes, it's, and it goes on a piece of bread as well. It's really good. Um, we just have like a little antipasto bar. Uh-huh. And so, so you just pick as you go. So if you if you were uh, uh, unknowing, unsuspecting visitor, you might think that was the meal. <laughs> yeah, but people have. And then, and then we go, okay, sit down, time to eat. And they're like, what? What? <laughs> what was that? That was the beginning. Well, we're talking with Michael Calabrese, who is a fabulous cook and a wonderful hairstylist. Um, that's how I actually met Michael. Um, and we're talking about food ideas in preparation for the holiday. So, Michael, do you make all of your food fresh or do you like maybe prepare ahead of time and get some sauces made and in No, the, the sauces we make that day. My sister makes a killer spaghetti sauce. She usually is in charge of that. Uh-huh. And uh but it's everything's made that day. That day. Uh except for the raviolis if they're they're frozen because those have been made the week before or if you're off then you make them the day before but because uh, that's a little labor intensive. One day for the filling to meld, the next day you roll out the dough and do the filling and then freeze them. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I think your family is rather large, is it not? Oh, yeah. How many? Uh, well, my immediate, my mom has, there's four sisters, there's four sisters. So each sister has two, three, four kids. Those kids have had two, three, four kids. And it's growing. So I just had a family reunion last year at my house, and I think we were like 85 people, <laughs> 85 or 90. Good good time to have a potluck, right? I mean, everybody gets assigned or volunteers for a certain yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. 
Everybody helps out. They bring baked chicken and, of course, spaghetti. And because uh, so there's always enough for late. We always eat twice, it seems like. Oh. We'll eat early. Yeah. And then play cards or whatever and yeah. talk. And, and then we go back and eat again. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so if there was one thing that you wanted to teach people about cooking, what would it be? One thing. Like, I mean, I know you've been to other people's houses. You're aware of the differences, perhaps, between your relationship with food and cooking and what's maybe more culturally standard here. You know, just cooking with love. Everything comes out better when you're cooking with love. And uh, sharing it. When you share it with friends, loved ones, it's... uh, it's a nice feeling. Everybody's satisfied. That is, that's awesome. With a nice nourishing meal, good fresh food. Um, yeah, I think just sharing with everybody. Cooking with love and sharing. Mm. So we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. And uh, do you have those 85 people coming to your house? No, I got invited to my cousin's house. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be over there. My house is all outdoors because I don't have a big enough house to hold 85. But my yard is big enough. And so we set tables up and uh, chairs and tents. And it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, And they like coming out to the country because... My house is so, there's the horses and the chickens and pheasants, there's the gardens, and they can wander around and look at things, and uh, where'd you get that, or how do you make this, or the people are always asking questions about and, stuff. And who is it that you are mentoring in cooking around your family? Um, You know what? My family, they all like to cook. Even my nephew likes to cook. I think it's just something in our blood you get flavors going in your mouth, and and then you think about, oh, if they made this dish, well, maybe if I added a little bit of parsley or a little cheese to it or something just to mix it up a little bit. So I, I don't, I don't think I mentor anybody. <laughs> I might be in trouble. Oh no, no, it's a good thing to mentor, and if you're not mentoring, uh, you know, I would encourage you to think about that and. Kind of do it consciously. I don't even really think about it when I'm yeah. cooking. You've watched me cook. I just kind of start doing through the paces. Oh, forgot that. And I go back, do this. And I kind of have to think about what we're doing. But um, it just kind of comes. Yeah. Well, if Nana hadn't gotten you in her kitchen. Then I would be struggling. <laughs> <laughs> so um, is there one dessert at a holiday like Thanksgiving? Or is there more mm. than one? Oh, no, there's more than one. Oh, well, come on. Well, because we're going to be, you know, 20, 30 That's people. That's true. That's true. Uh, there's going to be the pumpkin pies, uh, banana cream pies, apple pie. Uh, I have an aunt that makes these butter horns that are incredible. They're a cookie, and they're a rolled up. Looks like a little triangle, and they fill it with nuts and brown sugar and stuff, and then you roll it up, oh. and it's a buttery, buttery dough. Wow. And it's, I, we hide them. <laughs> for yourselves or for others? <laughs> for ourselves. <laughs> well, I'm sure she's flattered. <laughs> 
Wow. And then is Christmas different? Christmas is different. Christmas Eve is traditionally all seafood, pasta with clams. Again, you have your auntie pasta with the crab and prawns, uh, oysters, clam. There's just seafood everywhere. And then you sit down to dinner and there's, again, you have your fried prawns, your boiled prawns, uh, fried oysters, fish. There's the seven fishes that we do. The seven fishes? Mm -hmm. You have to have seven types of fish on your table. Oh, so that's a tradition. It's very much a tradition. And then pasta with clams usually for that night. And uh, and that's a really easy and delicious, delicious pasta. Um, and again, with fresh parsley and garlic. Lots of fresh Lots parsley. Lots of parsley. Parsley is a big thing in Italian well, food. Well, I, I don't, I mean, you probably know this, but parsley in the world of nutrition is a blood cleanser. Yes. It's really seriously healing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not claiming to be a doctor. Let's get that out in the open. But um, it's a good additive to your diet. And couldn't hurt. Y- you know why they put it on your plate in restaurants? To freshen your breath That's after eating. It. So and people, nobody eats it. I know. <laughs> That's probably the thing you should be eating instead of. <laughs> instead of, yeah, something else. Something else on there. Right, right, right. Wow. You're making me hungry. I'm starving. Uh, but, and parsley, you know what? That's an easy thing to grow. Um, if you throw some seeds out, in, like now, before the rains come, and, uh, it, and it and keeps reseeding, and keep it on the cooler side of the house. That it doesn't like a lot of s- direct lot of sun direct all day, because yeah. it will bolt and go to seed. Uh, in fact, my mom, she wa- wanted some more parsley. So I had some in a pot that was growing. I just brought her the whole pot here so she could just pick off the ends. Yeah. And uh, don't pick the middle part, only off the ends. So the oldest leaf. Yes. Yes. And so then eventually it will go to seed and, and you'll have seeds. Uh-huh. People forget about the seeds. Those are very important. Now, I want to I tell on you, Michael. Uh-oh. People should know what you do with seeds. <laughs> so michael makes seed bombs and if you don't know what that is it's very simply a little bit of mud dirt and water of course makes mud a little bit of mud and you then just insert whatever kind of seeds you want or have and you let it dry you can set it somewhere and let it dry then when you are so inclined, you grab that little seed bomb and toss it in a vacant lot, uh-huh. in your flower bed, uh-huh. in your garden, in somebody else's garden. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Nature takes its course at that point. Exactly. At your salon, your hair salon, uh-huh. there are... Lots of vegetables growing and herbs out front. There's that Thai mustard, which is spicy like wasabi and kale. I have some other uh, cabbage things on the side. Um, And some of the ladies in the neighborhood, because I have all that at home, I'm not going to eat it. Yeah. And so there's some ladies in the neighborhood that walk and they're older. And they asked me about it. I said, pick it and take it home and eat it. So, And she did. She was so thankful it was so delicious. I had to just boil in a little bit of water, put a little olive oil and vinegar on it when you take it out. She loved it. It was that, and it just tastes like greens, good, healthy yeah. greens. Yeah, it does. 
It totally does. And it's so good for the body. It is. You know? And I'm sure there's an added element of nutrition just because you were caring enough to share it with her. Right? Yeah. Now, the empty lot that's near your salon also has kale growing in it. It does. <laughs> and mustard. And this winter, there's kind of probably be a few more items. You remind me of uh, one of my favorite people who I've never met um, uh, called the Gorilla Gardener. And he's in East L.A. Um, and he started a movement, really, working with people who have, you know, that little strip of, usually it's grass between the sidewalk and yes, the curb. Yes, yes. And the city says that, you know, whoever the resident is, is responsible for that little piece of 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 dirt, right? Well, he figured instead of grass, I mean, you know, grass needs to be watered, it needs to be mowed. mowed and you can't eat it. And you can't eat it. There's homeless people like crazy. Not only that, in East L.A., where he lives, there is very little fresh produce available to buy. So he started digging it up. Getting some neighbors to help me you know, it's like, what are you doing? Well, this I'm planting vegetables here. And once they see something growing yes. and them harvesting, it's like, oh, I want to try that. Well, somebody came along and said, you know, that's a pretty nice garden you got there. He said, well, thanks. And they said, well, aren't you afraid someone's going to steal it? He goes, that's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to eat it. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube, look up Gorilla Gardener. He is fabulous, and uh, and and he calls it gangster gardening. I think I've seen him on TV. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great idea because it gets people engaged. Engaged and empowered and healthier. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, if you're out there gardening and you're talking with your neighbors and you're getting to know people instead of being afraid of them, you're getting sunshine, fresh air, and your heart just feels better. It's a good sense of community. Good sense of community. So we, you know, I'm always looking for more of that. I I, um, I think that our, our culture kind of suffered when we went high tech a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're all plugged in, as they say, and we've got our screens going all the time. and uh, Not looking up and seeing who's in front of us. Well, there's nothing wrong with technology, but just like any new privilege, there is a point where you need some experience to get to the wisdom to balance the privilege. It's all about balance. Yeah, yeah. So you are my gorilla gardener here in Monterey <laughs> County, <laughs> and I applaud you for all that you do and all that you represent and inspire. Well, thank you. Thank you. And if anybody has a piece of dirt laying around, and invite people to start planting stuff. If you need some seeds, we could get you some seeds, too. Yep. Seeds are amazing. I was volunteering at the Tularcitos Children's Garden in Carmel Valley, and uh, the instructor there, she was so enthusiastic. She says, look at this. This one broccoli plant has all these pods of seeds, and each pod of seed could grow like a hundred plants. <laughs> and when you think about it, any kind of fruit that you've had or vegetable, you know, the seeds far outweigh what you have eaten. So nature is designed to sustain and actually multiply life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, in your kitchen, you have seed jars. I do. Because I collect, as I let things go to seed because I have bees as well. 
I let them flower, go to flower. So the bees like the flower, especially a baby bok choy and broccoli rob and broccoli. So I dried out the seed pods and put them in jars and uh, they're good for this year's or next year's. They last. Kale, I've got a ton of kale, mustard. Kale is easy to grow. You don't even need a garden to put it in. Just throw it out somewhere and when the rains come, it grows. And kale is a winter crop, isn't it? Yeah, we're lucky we live here because we could grow all of our favorite vegetables, all the greens and lettuce, uh, all through the winter. Mm. This is this is now when we start enter fava beans. As soon as the uh, uh, in November you plant fava beans right after the rains start. Wow! If hopefully we get them, everybody pray for rain. Yeah, we sure got a bunch recently. That was nice. Yeah, all my water catchment is like... Mine too. It <laughs> was awesome. I didn't quite plan it, but you said maybe rain this next Friday. Yeah, hopefully. Good for the garden. Well, we are uh, running low on time. Is there anything that we forgot, Michael? Already? Yeah, I know. It just <laughs> it flies quick. by. Anything we forgot to mention? Um. There's another salad that I really like, and um, it's a holiday salad. Yeah. It's butter lettuce, and with pears on top, sliced pears, fan them out like three slices on each thing, and the dressing, and however you want to put tomatoes, avocado, whatever, onion, but the dressing, it's so pretty and delicious. It's cranberries, cranberry sauce whole cranberry sauce in blue cheese dressing Ooh. and you just put a dollop of that on the top of your if you do they're individual plates so you have your lettuce all nice and then you fan out your pears and put tomato and just put it how you want it and a dollop of that on the, a nice big dollop we like a big dollop <laughs> we want it to be tasty it, and pretty that's right. And so that's a great holiday uh, so what do you salad. call that salad? Holiday salad? My friend Caron uh, when we we me and my friends used to do benefit at my house for uh, HIV, and everybody came together. It was a really sweet, sweet thing. But Susie was in charge of the kitchen. Her husband, JJ, was in charge of the barbecue. Caron did the salads. Caron does great salads. All my friends came and were the wait people. Mm. We had sit-down dinner for 85 to 90 people, a band dancing, the whole bit. And we raised a lot of money. And a lot of people donated so much. Uh, it was really a great, great thing. We did it for like eight, nine years. Well, and that just speaks to how easy it is to actually create a situation that brings people together and benefits a charity. When you have a lot of really good friends that you grew up with, uh, it all they they all make it happen. Everybody comes together. And I think it helps that you know how to cook so well. Well. <laughs> 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 wow, that is so cool. Well, I want to know about the next benefit that you're having. And uh, and I'd love to have you back to talk about traditions and how to start the new year. Because I'm sure there's a story there. There is. Yeah. Now that you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to thank you, Michael, so much. Michael Calabrese, our so guest much. today, is the owner of Salon Park Avenue in Monterey, best hairstylist i know <laughs> and uh a fabulous cook and gardener and all around salt of the earth thanks let's talk about what's coming up at the bookstore we had actually today 
uh, author come to the store. Her name is Diane Stone, and she wrote a book. Get this. She is a direct ancestor of the first woman who stepped out of the Mayflower onto oh, wow. America. And uh, she did amazing research about this particular subject and wrote a book called Mary of the Mayflower. So we have copies signed in the store. Um, she has gone home for today. Uh, but it's, um, it's, it's just, it's not something you're going to run across very often. And her take on the whole story just puts so much life and personal uh, richness into the writing. So I highly recommend that. Diane Stone, Mary of the Mayflower. And um, we, we thought that would be great right before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So there's still time before Thanksgiving to take advantage of that. Um, I want to also just mention before we're completely out of time, that uh, this show, the archives from this show, will be available as a podcast. It's uh, distributed through iTunes, and it's distributed through Podbean. And, of course, we have it listed on our website at pilgrimsway.com. Just click on Simple Life Radio tab, and you will find not only this show, but prior episodes of uh, shows by moi um, with local people. Local people, local personalities, real-life experiences, and hopefully stories that reconnect us to those simple things in life that are attainable, they're available, and sometimes overlooked. And they're free. And they're free. Yeah, so it fits every pocketbook. It does. That's the good thing about it. (laughs) And actually, the impetus for the show originally, um, I don't know how many people know this, but the, the impetus originally was... From my experiences in the bookstore, seeing people come in and rather than having, you know, uh, an experience of exploration through the store that's fueled by curiosity, because our store really isn't a, a um, uh, much of a routine bookstore. Everything's hand-picked. We have a lot of local authors and so on. People were focused only on something that they read about in New York Times, something that Oprah said. It was all sort of expert-based. And so... I know I'm going against the grain by not having, quote-unquote, famous people and experts as my guests, but I feel strongly that people really want to connect to um, each other, and it's so easily forgotten that, you know, it gets lost. So I just want to encourage everyone, before, uh, before you do something or other, Try connecting with someone that you know, and better yet, someone that you don't know, and just be a real person. Share yourself, and like Michael says, the most important thing is to share your love. Until I'm with you next week, keep it simple. Go get your butt off of that lazy couch. Put down a laptop and get out of that house. Don't need no nothing, all I need is time for the simple life. Got a brand new scratch on my Cadillac. Try to call the body shop, but my phone is dead. I tried to eat with that laptop and get out of that house. Don't need no nothing, all I need is time for that simple life. Oh, Zabadab, 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 zabadab,